0: I'm Ben Klunt. And I'm Stephen Brown. We're two entrepreneurial professionals based in Spokane, Washington.
1: Join us on our journey to make 2019 the most prosperous of our lives.
0: We'll bear all as we strive to improve all aspects of our business and our health and fitness, as well as our relationships
1: personally and professionally. We aim to offer impactful insight into our business and personal lives. We'll share the good, the bad, and the ugly throughout our journey. With the
0: ultimate goal of our business and fitness, being in the best shape of our lives at the close of 2019. You are listening to the Ordinary to Extraordinary podcast. Levels look good. we
1: good, yeah. Good. Okay, we're recording from Mikasa today because I am home with a sleeping child. So if you hear screaming in the background, it's Steven, Tim, maybe Weston. I don't know yet. We'll find out.
0: I wouldn't be screaming in the background. I'd be in the
2: foreground.
1: That's true. If you hear slurping, that's because we're all drinking black coffee, too.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Bright sunny day out, but bitter cold. Yeah, it's
1: friggin' freezing, but okay. Yeah. You want to do intros?
0: Sure. So we're going to record with uh, Tim Schustoff today. And Tim is with Learfield. What was the name of the older company? that?
2: Uh, so it was Learfield. Now it is Learfield IMG College. They got really creative when our two companies merged together. So, uh, yeah, they went a long way to uh, come up with a new name. Sports
0: marketing. Slapping <laughs> together. <laughs> advertising. Tim Tim basically has my dream job if I ever leave what I'm doing. Seriously. Just being involved in the sports world. Not as an athlete.
1: Uh, we, know we get Tim to schmooze the- a little bit too. Yeah. A little bit of schmooze. I do
2: that. I don't know. I'm probably better at that part than my actual job, but they keep me around for both. That <laughs> so, is your actual job, isn't it? Moving, yeah. For the most part. And most of the time people are like, What do you actually do? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so
0: yeah, so I've known Tim for about five years. I think you might have known him a little bit longer, right, Ben? Probably.
1: I don't know how long I've known anybody anymore for. But that's yeah. I mean Spokane, like eight, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: If you trace the lineage of all of our friendships, we've probably known each other our entire lives I know. one way or another. <laughs> I <so>. was thinking <laughs> back to somebody the other
1: day, I'm like, God, I've known that for fifteen years. Like, oh my gosh, like 10 15 whatever it was like that goes quick it goes it's the case
2: of spokane man it's no six degrees of separation it's like two at most i've always told people like you can get you can connect to the top of any company in spokane between from one person away. yes you easily can Yes,
1: if you're not somehow i mean yeah i think even from outside i think even from
2: outside the city with Mm -hmm. a little bit of effort you can
1: oh yeah Well, we we
0: talked about that early on i think on the podcast that a few phone calls and we can literally meet anybody so there's no excuse a lot of people in sales that fail Mm-hmm. And there's really no excuse for it. It's like, hey, if you want to know somebody, ask somebody.
2: That was one of the first rules I learned was I was a horrible undergrad student. I, I had a lot of fun in college. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't the academic type. And then I got out, didn't have any jobs or anything. And all my friends had these sexy internships and things that looked really good on paper. And I didn't have any direction. So I just started calling, you know, family connections and just said, can I buy you a cup of coffee? Yeah. And to your point... Most people in Spokane, especially a lot of great leadership, will say yes. They'll mm-hmm. give you 30 minutes, even if it's just a phone call or, like, I know a lot of leaders that just text, like, yeah, man, just tell me how I can help. Like, it's easier for me to text. Mm-hmm. And But to your point, if you're willing to take that shot, there's more people willing to say yes than no. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it takes a lot to feel comfortable saying, you know, calling people like that. And so A lot things, of people assume they won't some take the things, call. things no, it's
0: just not right now.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: And things come full circle, and then people realize that, hey, maybe i do have some time for you
1: so let's let's get i want to hear from tim what it is he does next he said people ask right. me just spark for marketing and i have a general <laughs> yeah. understanding of what he does
2: yeah so uh so learfield ing college we're uh the nation's largest multimedia rights group in college sports so what multimedia rights means is if you've seen a company at any sort of sporting event at any of our local colleges uh, in the state of washington we represent every university um, division one university so, signage at games, the radio networks, digital, so their websites, social media. So, if you entered a, you know, you know to win tickets to a Zags game or to win, a, we're running a promotion with one of our partners right now at Eastern to win a TV. Hmm. We represent the universities in selling those sponsorships. So, the way the model works is like an agent. Close. <laughs> we, 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 <laughs> it is, well, it is a third party. So, we, we come in, we talk to the school, and we evaluate what they're currently doing. We say, okay, we're going to write you a check. When we write you that check, we now own all of your marketing assets. Oh wow! And what I'm tasked with is going out and making sure whatever check we wrote, we're making net money on top of that. So that includes managing our staff, um, managing our radio network guys. So it's uh, one of our radio guys actually coached me in football, hmm. and it's kind—I of, always kind of laugh and I'll mess with them a little bit. I'm like, "Yeah, you remember when you used to make me run those extra laps? Like your paycheck <laughs> might be a little late this month. <laughs> just saying." So. Yeah, it's a unique model, man, and it's grown like crazy. I started with a small boutique firm um, that focused on FCS-level schools like Eastern Washington, um, Weber State, kind of that that level. And we grew enough where uh, four or five years ago, there was a consolidation in the market, and Learfield and IMG College, who were separate at the time, started acquiring these companies that had a nice little portfolio of schools. Mm-hmm. We got rolled into that. We're, we were acquired by Learfield, and then continued to grow with Learfield. And then, yeah, just in January, we merged with our competition, IMG College, mm-hmm. therefore the extremely creative name of Learfield IMG College. we <laughs>
1: could decide it was yeah, the ego a thing. We, we
2: own an agency, in, in, an actual advertising agency as part of Learfield. Mm. So I kind of laughed. I'm like, we have all these resources and all these creative minds, and we're just like, this
1: is what we stick
2: with. to it. So, yeah, it's, it's fun, man. It's, uh, I got lucky. You know, Steven mentioned this is a lot of people say sports marketing, and that's a lot of times people's dream job. But I was an average student. I just got, I volunteered a ton right out of college and I met a few people. And I moved away for a year and a half and I got a call out of nowhere just saying, like, got a chance in sports, it's sales, it's entrepreneurial, you're not locked to your desk. And at the time, I was working in retail banking and I was counting down the. Hours, minutes, and seconds every day because I just wanted to go out and build a business, not wait for a business to come to my desk. So,
1: mm-hmm. isn't that the best choice you ever made?
2: Oh, yeah. It's it's funny. I, <laughs> you you don't miss retail banking ever? <laughs> not quite. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, and even when I think back, even when I think about it, I was listening the other day to you um, when you guys recorded with Brooke mm-hmm. and you were talking about how people. She's such a troublemaker. <laughs> she is. Brooke's a character. <laughs> but you we were talking about, you know, having that. When you look back at jobs and, like, the decisions you made and, and like, had it, okay, did I make the right decision? And I was like, have I ever had the same thoughts I had when I was in banking? Like, was have I ever been counting the minutes and seconds? And you guys talked about sales. Like, when you miss that big sale, mm-hmm. like, how much does that suck? And those are probably the most down times is when I've been like, yeah. crap, this this huge deal I've poured a ton of resources and time into and then it, it doesn't hit. And you're like, oh great, I suck at this job. Should I even be doing this job? And it's like, reality, your your one splash, your one win is gonna outweigh your ten nos. Yeah. And you gotta be okay riding out those nos. And that's where, to your point, is easily the best decision ever because the highs are higher than I've mm-hmm. ever had in retail banking.
1: How bipolar do you feel in this job?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it
1: sales makes you feel so.
2: It's. Up and I down. mean, that's the thing, man. I've, but I've had great leadership in my career that has always reminded me that like. Yeah, it's gonna suck some days like you're gonna have some days where you go home and it's gonna like i take my sales really personal too because you guys know spokane it's not sales it's relationships people uh, you know i was watching um i watch it every couple times a year the simon sinek start with why like the golden circle and i was watching the other day and i was thinking about that i was like yeah like people don't buy what you do they buy why you do it Mm -hmm. so when you get that when i start to feel like insecure like oh i'm the worst salesperson ever no Mm -hmm. one no one wants to do what we're doing I'm like, all right, that's not really it. It's yeah. like sometimes it's just not the right timing or the right asset. So what members. do you do
1: in some of those situations where, because, I mean, we've talked about this before, where each of us have our lows, right? Mm-hmm. And are there certain things that you've found that are helpful that you've started to do during those times when you feel low? You know, yeah. Maybe lost a sale or whatever it is.
2: Yeah, you know, this, uh, let's see, earlier this summer, our sales cycle works pretty heavily in the winter and early summer just because it leads up to football season. So I had a huge deal I'd been working on for almost a year. Mm got it to the goal line. And then they were like, Oh, leadership's changing. Uh, we might want to look at a new direction, but we're still excited. I'm like, okay, talk to him another week. And then they're like, Oh, you know, we're, we're hitting pause on everything. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And I think the thing I used to take it way personal and get, I used to struggle. I mean, I just used to shut down. And uh, you know, Stephen and I were talking a couple of weeks ago about uh, fitness and like, I'm on my second time losing 40 plus pounds. And I think a lot of times what I would go to is like, i sympathy eat you know i'll go grab some mcdonald's and a mcdouble or whatever (laughs) and i've realized i'm much better getting busy like when i'm down i'm much better if i just like write down a list of like hey, call 10 clients that you haven't talked to in a year or you know start knocking out projects that you need to get on top of and it's like the more i can preoccupy myself is the better i can Mm -hmm. dig out of that hole because i think a lot a lot of times the sympathy route just digs deeper for me
1: yeah, it's, and it's your own thing. I mean, I yeah. do too, right? It's like you sit there and you just let it fester. Yeah. It's serious, like, it oh, impacts your I do your other not stuff need too. idle time. I do not need idle time. Yeah. That's the worst thing for me as well. Like,
0: when yeah. I'm in my own head, I need to... And it can be that you're not even getting busy doing any work. You're just getting busy yep. doing something, whether it be yeah. the gym, whether it's surrounding yourself with friends, but double for a down walk on things that are good yeah. for you, right?
2: Yeah, to your point, um, a walk... Like there's days in the office where I feel like I'm just not getting anything done. And the first thing I'll do is I'll just throw my coat. I mean, I'm lucky to work on a campus. So you've got this beautiful campus. So I'll just, I'll just take a walk, not even to any specific place. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go walk through the football stadium and just get ideas, start thinking, take some, um, I'll do like a voice memo on my headphones. I'll just walk and listen to music or a podcast and just go and then start saying things to myself and then i can go back to the office i'm like all right all that stuff's cleared out let's get focused mm-hmm. again so mm-hmm. but it's hard i mean you definitely have high highs and some low lows yeah. so.
1: so i was telling steven he's like you got some, any questions for him or particular things i was like yeah um uh, you got the job you lost the weight and now you got the girl too so I, congrats I did, on man. the engagement dude. yeah uh, like any That's good salesman
2: cool. i outkicked my coverage yeah uh, buddy <laughs> yeah you,
1: <it's, laughs> You're about to marry up. Welcome to the club. I was club. gonna say,
2: man, we have a we had a coach that I used to golf with, and he always I we you know he was a great leader. So I'd ask him like, how do you hire coaches? Like, how do you identify talent? And one of the greatest things he ever told me was he's like, well, I look for one thing with coaches, and I was like, well, what's that? And he's like, can they recruit? And I was like, well, how do you know if they can recruit? And He goes, if their wife is better looking than that's them. A- <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, all right, yeah, that's funny. I got the fiance that is well beyond my looks. So. Must be a sign of the direction in life, so.
0: So we talked about weight loss. You said second time around losing 45 yeah. pounds, And you're looking great, by the way. Yeah. I think I, I think just before you started going to Orange Theory, mm-hmm. I, I ran into you and you were at your heaviest. And I was like, whoa. I was yeah taken aback. Because the way you look now is how I think of you. Mm-hmm. What, other than just feeling... All right. I'm too heavy. What prompted you to get back in shape? What, you was, know, the, what was the,
2: was the catalyst? Yeah. I, uh, so Haley, my fiance is a fitness freak. Like she's like, she, she has very good motivation. Cause she'll challenge me and push me mm-hmm. and hold me accountable in a way that I'm not necessarily good at. I think both times that I've lost weight, I've had that like epiphany moment where you just see yourself in some way. And you're like, what the hell? Like, come on, man. Like, mm-hmm. uh, the first time I lost weight, it was new year's. And my parents hosted this big party with other friends. And, uh, i just remember like eating a piece of pizza like going to go to bed and like brush my teeth and i looked in the mirror and, you know it's that january 1st the new you and i looked in the mirror and i was like come on and i was always afraid of the scale because i'm a big guy and i can hide weight mm-hmm. when i tell people what my highest weight was they're like no way you know you were you were never that big i'm like i got a lot of places to put it yeah. like when you're six four you got i can hide it um
1: so I can yeah so you, guys six, both, you guys are both big six, dudes four. like you
2: know yeah. how it is like you can you can carry weight well beyond what you look um, so this time was definitely just you know Haley and I had been dating for a year she was in great shape and I think I was just in a bad routine and I that's usually the make or break for me is like am I in a routine or not because as soon mm-hmm. as I'm not in a good routine there's really nothing healthy happening because it's too fire by the seat of your pants which for me is usually like what's easiest and that's obviously never what's best for you so yeah, this time around, it wasn't anything super... There wasn't a super epiphany, but it was just kind of that conscious recognition of like, all right, do I want to be this version of myself or do I want to be the better one? And she was willing to help me get there. So, Sweet. Yeah.
1: Cool. Hey, that's part of marriage, man, too. Mm-hmm. It's like That's a good example of what it's going to take yeah. in life.
0: How, well, so how did you decide on Orange Theory? Because that's, that's what you stuck to for the last yeah. like, six months or so, right?
2: Yeah. So uh, I'd always lifted, you know, playing sports. I'd, I'd always done you know, your traditional Olympic lifting. I'd done some cross training. I have a lot of my buddies played college football. So I would go to different gyms and work out them. And I kind of just fell out of love with lifting. I just couldn't focus. And um, the gym I was going to, I won't drop names just because it's a little bit of a bash, but they just, you got people doing bicep curls in the squat rack. And like, (laughs) so like my my workouts were never quick. Like I would have to go in for an hour and a half, two hours to get what I wanted to get done. And eventually I was like, okay, where can I go? Just crush a ton of calories and then you know playing sports you i like i like loud competitive atmospheres so orange theory they're blasting music they're yelling at you to do to whatever the next station is now it's it is a lot of middle-aged moms but it's like hey if that lady next to me is rowing harder than i am i need to go i need to get you know i need to pick so it up So, what is the
1: so there's classes orange theory is mm-hmm. classes so what are you doing in the classes
2: so there's three stations throughout so you're either on the weight floor the rower or the treadmill Um, and you rotate throughout class and there's different formats but it's a mixture of different movements on the weight floor which is traditionally just barbells um you have some band work you have different body weight work and the rowers you're rowing so different intensities different distances and time and then yeah treadmill which was my nemesis like when i first started i like i slugged out a do do
1: on the treadmill so
2: they're they're they're, they actually have like custom treadmills sweet they're kind of super um cushy yeah like they've got a huge spring to them because yeah You look around around this table, we're not born runners. Steven might be the most likely to. And Steven is the least likely to run. Okay, that's fair. And that's kind of how I was. Like, Mm -hmm. if someone asked me, like, oh, do you want to go run? I'm like, yeah, what are we playing, though? (laughs) Um, So that's where I kind of, that was kind of like my hill that I wanted to climb, was like, okay, I want to become a runner. So I started running on the side, too, just because I was like, I want to get good at the thing I suck at. Because when I first started class, I was like, well, that's the thing when we travel, we got a bunch of our administrative staff when we go to football games across the country they're like oh i went on this awesome run i'm like that sounds great in theory but i don't want to go because i'd be embarrassed and now i've been running and uh i was training for a half marathon i kind of fell off but like i still run and uh it's good for my dog too he's a little he, you know how people always say your dog, the looks dog like your owner. Tank, yeah. I mean? yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> my dog His that, that name tank and yeah. is a tank yeah. um so i wanted to do it for him too because i was like all right it'd be healthy for him to get some miles in so yeah yeah cool. i just kind of liked the atmosphere tried it out a few times and then um i saw how much i was burning each class like i averaged close to a thousand calories in That's an hour-long class crazy so um, and it was great because i could keep eating pretty heavy because i love food and i was like all right <laughs> like i want to go get a big workout in and i'm gonna have a nice big breakfast because i know i need it so it was a it was a good change and then i got just addicted to it i was going like six days a week and i've actually tapered back because it was just too much uh, how many just, days are you going now uh, going five days a week, I but I'll, I'll mix it. in other classes. I'll go to a spin class or I'll do, I tried to get back into yoga too, just cause oh, I've got bad hips and I know how flexible I can be, but I also see how little flexible I am now. So it's kind of trying to find that balance. So it's a
0: major focus of mine. My flexibility now from where I was a year and a half ago is night and day.
2: Yeah. Well, it's a big key to athletic performance. I mean, that's the way I look at workouts too. Is like, I don't want to work out just to be in shape. I still want to be athletic. I'm not gonna go and try out for a team or something but i'd like to know that i can still compete in some way if you ever want to
1: see steven cry tell him he doesn't seem very athletic that's like his worst (laughs) i've seen
0: his dunk video so when people say you're skinny instead of athletic i'm like no i don't want to be skinny yeah i just i don't want to be that gangly i want to look athletic and i think i'm i'm getting there we're working on it you got
1: the good jawline going now and everything
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm,
2: yeah I'm you're not like me, man. It fills out in the cheeks. It starts to round out the face. So, so the more you can bring that back, I, I'm a fan of it too. <laughs> when I can.
0: You talked about hiding it. My heaviest was just over two fifty. Yeah. And I'm six one. So two fifty yeah. at six one is fat. Yeah. There's no, there's no two ways about it. You're a beast. And it was all around my waist. Mm-hmm. But I would wear things that would pe- people didn't believe that I was two hundred and fifty yeah. pounds. So this morning you were your heaviest. That was two hundred point yeah, eight this morning nice. so, and that's not all this year this year is it's like 30 the two places that it shows you you hit the nail on the head the cheeks mm-hmm. and all around the waist I never showed my legs I was always still athletic and i was in denial and mm-hmm. i'm sure you had the denial as well where oh for like, sure well, i can still run and jump and catch and throw and kick and, and then you, you just have that epiphany moment in front of well me he, he's you're a like, nah.
1: you're a wide i mean like you're broad shoulder too so you're a big dude too so i mean i i wouldn't the playing the the weight guessing game now in my mind I'm like I bet you Tim's 237 to 240 range yep
2: yeah, right on the yeah so at my highest I mean I think before I started orange Theory, because I, I worked out a little bit when I was l- trying to lose weight and I was like I gotta change something like going to the gym the way I'm going right now isn't working so that's when I did orange Theory. but I think at my highest I was close to 290 and I Where that was my high? whole my was always my thing too I was like I cannot be closer to 300 than 200. Like, if I had a standard I had to set, it'd just be always being closer to 200 than 300. And for, uh, for a while there, I was too long, too close to 300. Did so. your back and joints
1: and stuff hurt, too, at that point? Or still young? Uh,
2: I mean, I'm 31, but I've always been pretty good about, like, stretching. And, I mean, I wasn't totally lethargic and just, like, living on the couch. I think it just wasn't... biggest thing for me was eating. I've always been mm-hmm. active. Like, we play basketball out of campus with all the coaches. And, oh, you know, I played flag football. And I try to golf. And I try to walk when I golf. But yeah the, the, the dieting piece and then just the continuous frequent activity is when it really started to drop pretty quick my fiance hates it because like I can draw. I think I, I listened to one of your guys' accountability ones, and you were talking yeah. about how you like in a week your weight can fluctuate. <laughs> yeah. And that's like I started ordering Siri, and like, in a month I lost like 18 pounds, and my fiancé was like, I hate you. Huh? I'm like, well, I got You're a like, lot of calories yeah, left. Yeah, I had that so. to lose. So <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: Damon's like, I'll just do it for shits and giggles, literally. <laughs> yeah.
2: If it measures out, it measures out, man. If do it not, measures out. Well,
0: Rachel talked about that. I don't know if you listened to Rachel uh-huh. Rowley's interview with us, but she talks about how fun it is working with men versus women because yeah. we can – shift you yeah. can make major changes really quickly but i think the important piece and this is where i'm going to ask you next is what do you do now to make sure that there's not a third time where you're losing 40 pounds plus yeah you know I, fish, really. I think
2: of it in terms now as a uh, you know i'm i'm staying in shape for for people other than myself now you know trying to think long term about haley and i and you know kids down the line do i want to be the dad that can't keep up with his kids or yeah. at least like hang with them when you're mm-hmm. trying to throw the football or shoot hoops so i think that's a big piece um I really try and remind myself. Uh, I'm not good at journaling, but I, I keep a lot of notes on my iPad that I work off of, and so I really try and remind myself like how much it sucks to have to do it again, and quite honestly, how embarrassing. Put like,
1: pictures up too. I mean, yeah. yeah,
2: and I have we, you know, I, I did progress photos and stuff like that, but like to remind myself like how much did it suck to have to learn how to get in shape again, and it's like it's daunting. I mean, the you get hooked on all the good food that you love, mm-hmm. and then you're like, oh great, so I'm not eating that every day. It's like no, you're gonna eat. You're gonna eat a salad for lunch and you're gonna have chicken, you'll have a protein shake, you'll be full, but it's not gonna feel as good as full off a burger or whatever. And yep. you just have to own that. <laughs> and then so, so
1: true. Steven's smiling over here.
2: <laughs> like, Yep, it sucks. I say that as we're gonna to go to the country club this afternoon and golf and drink some beers. So Oh, we're at I the cow spell. You are. I mean, we're playing a winter league, so.
1: Who are you playing with?
2: I'm playing with my fiance. We're in like the mixed couples league. It's in the winter simulator Do you guys league. Live
1: north or something?
2: She is. We're she like does. we're like the Romeo and Juliet of Spokane. Because I'm a South Hill guy, so like coming out here is like Canada to me. Mm-hmm. So.
1: <laughs> Dude, that's like me and my wife. She grew up. I grew up Green Bluff, and she was far side of the back hill. Oh uh, yeah. South Hill. So back to South Hill. So it's like.
2: We'll end up north just because Haley's. Man. Yeah. Well, and her dad's a land developer out here, so we hopefully want to build eventually, and just. You know, if I can keep the membership at Calispell, that'll that'll keep me happy. I've room golf. Sixty degrees and sunny,
0: or I'm not playing.
2: Oh yeah, we're playing simulator, so this it's is indoor. indoor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I retired the How outdoor. Fun. It's yeah. awesome, man, and it's a great way I've for us to have time in that together. We
1: got there on Sunday the afternoon mm-hmm. or something. Are you doing a Sunday afternoon one too? You can
2: schedule them whenever you want. Oh really? Yeah, it's just a it's a different rule, like different Played set a of rules, simulator. and then a different course each week. So it's kind of fun because the format changes, and we play with her sister and a uh, brother-in-law. So it's kind of a Fun little group, and I don't know. Gives us something to do during the winter rather than just bunkering down and watching football every day. Still so a little active at least.
1: Oh yeah, just swinging the club. Yeah, now. Haley
2: would kill me if we just spent all the time watching football. So, <laughs> <laughs> don't know why. Go pack, go. Yeah, yeah go, we'll pack, go pack, go. We we'll got another Packers. I saw your
1: post from this week and Stephen, where it's like you have, you had soccer, and then you had the Packers, and then you had another game. It looked like on your laptop oh, or the something. Packers going, we
0: were on the laptop because we were on the West Coast, so Fox does regional. So oh, okay. I had to jimmy-rig the laptop so that it thought I was out east so I could watch the Packers on the laptop and the Rams on the TV. There you go. But don't tell anybody. I don't <laughs> think it's all the way legal. I don't think it's illegal. But basically, I could watch both games. And, and, and NFL's
2: got their cease and desist on its way for you. <laughs>
1: I think we call it a VPN. So you guys would know more about this, and I meant to bring it up in one of our other recordings and haven't, like with Mike Roth, I meant to bring it up. When we did that the, the, that particular recording, because I was listening on the radio, and maybe you can speak to this, and maybe it doesn't affect you guys at all. Yeah. But they were talking about how collegiate athletes are going to be able to get paid now for mm-hmm. endorsement deals.
2: Yeah, so it's what? a it's 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 a it's a really gray area right now. Um, you know, we are directly impacted by it because that's what obviously I was saying. that's. I mean, there's, I talked about it in one of the classes at Eastern, and that was one of the first questions that got asked. And I, I kind of told him, like, well, what you have to consider is when you're on the field competing, you're wearing a school's logo. And licensing, the way it works is companies that want to use that logo, they have to pay, whether mm-hmm. it be through licensing or through a sponsorship. So that student-athlete wouldn't be able to use those images from that game. So yes, they can use their name, image, likeness. That's what the NIL stands for. They can use that, but as soon as it has you know, a Gonzaga or Eastern logo on it, it becomes a really tough gray area. But in reality, yeah, they'll be able to go out and go to Joe Schmoe's auto. And Joe Schmoe can say, hey, if you come out and sign autographs for an hour, we'll kick you some money. We'll kick you a mm-hmm. car. Uh, the other thing that comes, becomes really difficult because a lot of people say, oh, NCAA needs to pay these kids, which, yeah, I mean, it's a full-time job basically. There's, there's a lot of tough scenarios where there needs to be some kind of change, but um, you have other different variables like Title IX. Title IX is a federal law that requires that equal pay between men and women or equal treatment throughout not just college sports mm-hmm. but also workplace. So if you tell me that your star quarterback is worth X million dollars, But then you need to figure out how to evenly compensate him. And then the seventh string girl on your underwater basket weaving team, it becomes a really tough um, area. But I think ultimately a lot of that legislation isn't happening until 2023. California that passed the law, that's how long they've set. And the, the NCAA has kind of set a similar timeline. So I think there will be a definite change. But at the end of the day, we represent the logo. And we talk about that. You know, fans are fans all year round. You're a Gonzaga guy, like you don't go to a Gonzaga mm-hmm. game and then like after the game, you're like all right, cool, I'm gonna put my Gonzaga hat away and I'm just not gonna care about them. Mm-hmm. So what we consider is we represent the logo, and
1: that's the
2: single most powerful thing when you think about fans. You know, players will move on, but you will still, well, most people will still be a fan. Mm-hmm. I think there's the occasional person that's a little bit too much of a bandwagon and they'll they'll jump. But uh, mm-hmm. so it, it's interesting. It's uh, it'll impact our business, but I mean we're we're a big company i think we're we've we're, we've built enough sustainability and diversity in what we do that it's not going to totally leverage what we do so well, then
0: the players just come to you guys and maybe there is a, a, a agent arm of
1: what you guys yeah, I was like do. you mm-hmm. could start a whole new business for them. You just well an img you advise them maybe yeah
2: img um, that's what they um you know img college is the sponsorship side but img is which is owned by william william morris endeavor is a major agency out of okay. la so uh-huh. There definitely is that opportunity for us to potentially work with student athletes and help facilitate these things so that it's done appropriately and it's yeah. done the right way. Because if you got some kid that's you know not educated on the pathway, they could be going out signing some really bad deals and being left out to hang. Um, so it's there's a long way to go. And I think it's the right direction because it's inevitably there's so much money out there and they, they need to be compensated in one way or another. But I think the hard part is a lot of people that are out there like they think there's just one solution, and I think it's going to inevitably be an agreeable solution between many parties that balances the playing field a little bit. And I think even then, it'll still be flawed. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just it's the nature of the beast. We're well, so. going to
0: have somebody that steps in and collectively bargains on their behalf, mm-hmm. and then so here's another sort of element to this that I think a lot of people are overlooking. So we've also just had the uh, the gambling laws mm-hmm. come in. Well. Basically, it's been decriminalized, right? You can federally gamble yep. on sports. What Washington, was that? I miss that. It was all in the last 12 months or so. Really? So Washington hasn't adopted anything yet. So like DraftKings, FanDuel, you can't do it in Washington. Huh. The second I'm outside of Washington, I'm on there. I'm putting mm-hmm. stuff on for the weekend for all the games. Just a few bucks here and there. But that's going to play into this, I think, as well, to where... the NCAA is going to have to take into account, well, if we don't pay them, they're going to find ways to get paid elsewhere. Yep. Right? With the gambling laws and people being able to say hell, I'm gambling X amount if you get this much or do this. So I think that's a big player here and I think that that will play into how the NCAA and all of the states work in and on this because yeah
2: and i think that's why they're working on a federal solution just because when you have it state by state then you just have so many inconsistencies yeah so if there was i mean it's similar to marijuana if there was just a single policy that existed for every state it'd be a lot easier but you go to Mm -hmm. washington oregon colorado it's (laughs) different i mean you can from one state to another you could be busted for something that seems exactly same hand in hand so yeah it's it's definitely and those Mm -hmm. are companies that have partnered with us in certain states so Mm -hmm. i mean it's the there's a lot moving. College sports, I think the, the landscape is going to be changing. You know, I talk about it with sales. we got a lot of guys in our company that still live and die by signs and radio. And it's kind of the old school mentality. And yeah, we, I talk much more in, like, digital and social. Like, like you can have the last 50 years of college athletics. I want the next 50 years. And it's just being willing to understand that there's some major changes coming that are going to hurt, but also there's going to be some opportunities to grow just in a new way that we haven't experienced. So, well,
0: hmm. it's, it's amazing how people even consume media and sports now. It used to be, when I first moved to the States, even so 2003, 2000 to 2008, I would listen to the Badgers. I'm a Wisconsin mm-hmm. fan, right? Or the Packers. Wherever I was, I could find them on medium wave radio or AM radio. Now, you just get your phone out and you can find it on there yeah, and watch there. It. Yep. you got it going in the car. you got it going wherever you are. And if, if you're overlooking that, if you're thinking, oh, I'm going to advertise on radio when somebody's watching commercials on a phone, you got to get past that. that. That line of thinking is great on yeah. your part. It, it shows entrepreneurship. and Well,
2: when we talk about it, um, and we represent a lot of schools, and one of the scenarios that, or examples that I've always heard from one of our VPs of digital is they say you go to a Penn State game They got 110,000 people on any given Saturday. So you got six, maybe Saturday, maybe seven.
1: 110,000.
2: But you take their affiliated fan base into account Mm -hmm. and their affiliated fan base is like 1.2 million. So when we talk about doing what we do, you're like, oh, we have all this stuff happening in the stadium. It's like, that's great. But you're talking to 110,000 out of 1.2 million. How are you putting clients, how are you putting advertisers in front of those others? And the way you're doing that is through digital and social. So thinking progressively about how do we put companies in front of fans every day, other than game day, Oops. we're already we're already good at game day. Mike's hitting, Getting um, animated, yeah, you know, we, we already animate, but we already own game days. Mm-hmm. How can we help clients own the every other day of the week? Yeah.
0: And when you flip that, that's ninety percent of their customer base that they were missing. mm mm-hmm. so It's a lot. Yeah, when you're when you're not touching. Think about 90% what
1: that does to your, your revenue. Your
0: customer base, and the other crazy thing is, of that one point two million, probably about half of them are alumni. And then about a quarter of them are kicking money to the university every year, right? The numbers in college sports... That's the funny thing
1: I love about even GU basketball here locally. You look at it, like, there's some diehard GU fans that have absolutely no relation whatsoever to GU. Their kid Mm -hmm. didn't go there, they didn't go there, their spouse didn't go there, but they are like GU through and through. But they never have gone to a game. Shows the power of the logo, man. Mm -hmm. Seriously.
2: If you win and you have the right message, people will buy into it. It goes back to that Simon Sinek thing. It's like... You could have the exact same product, but if you position it differently and it, it wins the market, people will believe Intense in it so much brand more. brand loyalty. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I'm about two-thirds of the way through his newest book, The in- the, in- the Infinite Game. Yeah. Hmm. Highly recommend it. If you, like, start with why, this just takes it to the next level, and it's kind of how you're thinking just mm-hmm. now. You're going, what about the next 50 years? Yeah. How, how am I going to make sure I'm relevant? How am I going to make sure that I hand this off to the next person in yeah. 20, 25 years when I'm, when I'm super successful at it? And it's an infinite game. Infinite game, yeah. You can listen to it on mine if you want. Mm.
2: Um, he's a rock star, man. I've loved everything. He's written all of his videos. He started his own company, and he's going yeah. on a tour this 2020. I can't the get Nicholas. enough of him. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I, I gave a presentation to some Whitworth staff I presented at the retreat a few weeks ago, and I started with what you talked about, mm. the Golden Circle, start with why. And it was interesting because I'm coming from a place that they've never been explaining to them that I'm 100% commission and I only get paid if I, yeah. I go out and hunt it and yeah. kill it. And their head I, exploded. I started with a question for them. Like, if you were paid the way I was paid, would you get paid the same? Would you get paid less? Or would you give yourself a raise? And then broke it down from there and just asking them what their why was, it was so confusing to them at first. Yeah. But in the, the time that we spent by the end of it. it How was long really was that?
1: An hour and a half. So then,
0: at the end of it, we actually the lady that brought me in actually reached out afterwards and said, "Hey, we set three audacious goals after you left because one of the things was don't set a goal that you can get to. No. Like think beyond that, think about the next and the next and the next, and then you make little goals to get there." But it was just really cool, and it was all based on Simon Sinek. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't plagiarised in any way, shape or form. I showed a five minute video with a golden circle, yeah, and then all we did was pull that out and apply it to what they were doing, which isn't goal oriented at all. It's just
2: yeah, just mission. Yeah. Having understanding of your mission and how you can gain people's trust, and the creating drive,
0: mm-hmm. and it was really cool. But I, I can't speak highly enough of Simon Seneca. Yeah, just, you said he's. A
2: Hopefully, boss he listens guy. and throws us some like referral kickbacks. You, well, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'd yeah. love to bring him to Spokane. That'd be fun. I, I did see quite a few people advocating on like his Facebook or Instagram, one of those. Just like Spokane's a place that you hey, thrive. I'm sure in. we could
1: get in front of him in some
2: weird way. Well, there's, it's there's Spokane, it's, man, there's and you know Spokane goes beyond Spokane. Yeah. I've, I've run into people out of the country, just randomly. I had a buddy yeah. that ran into oh, yeah. a middle school friend in the forest in Japan. What? Like, Spokane is... No. It, it's the biggest little city that you will ever experience. Totally. So. Agreed.
0: The soccer world's made this country tiny for me, and then, similar to that, I was in New York City with my parents, March, for St. Patrick's Day, and I'm sitting in a hotel bar. Did I tell you this? No, good I don't, bye? I don't think And a so. girl walks in, and she's... I see her from... As far away as the, the far, you're far, and she's walking. And I'm just like, Is that Louise? And she's looking at me, and I'm looking at her, and she just goes, Stephen, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> and I grew up with her, went to school with her. We were friends as teenagers. Haven't seen her since I was twenty twenty one, And she's living and working in New York for the Daily Mail, and we walked in, oh in the my same gosh. bar. And I thought she might have been part <laughs> of Because my parents you mean? were there with a bunch of people from Scotland. Oh, yeah. okay. so I thought she might have been part of the group, and she's there with. Her. Yeah. But, that stuff happens everywhere and you just have to be aware of it like yeah. if you're walking through Denver airport there is
1: nowhere safe in the world that you can go and not can't, get you, yeah, can't you always gotta Spokane. be on good behavior <laughs> so
0: I know you travel a lot yeah. how many times have you been walking through Denver airport because everything connects through Denver from Spain yeah. and you see three or four people that you know and oh, you yeah. say hi and you're in the, the line for McDonald's or whatever and just like oh hey so,
2: but I'll
1: we're just not, just not eating in. McDonald's anymore right unless we're getting a grilled chicken salad I still, I still, I still <laughs> eat it too man I just make <laughs> I just sure I just that it I earn it back from Walla.
2: I was in the airport at, uh, uh, I was just in Vegas last week for work, uh, and came home. I was mm-hmm. in SeaTac, which ironically, Haley and I were going to Seattle the next day. So I was like, I don't even know why I'm flying home. I should just not get on my flight. And it was a quick connection. And she texted me. She's like, Oh, thanks for giving me a heads up. You made it, you know, you made it to Seattle. I was like, sorry, I ran into six people in 15 minutes between my flight arriving in Vegas, and oh my, my flight gosh. leaving for Spokane. And I was like, I wanted to call you, but Spokane invaded. Like... And given it's a Spokane flight, but yeah. even for one night in 20 minutes between flights, was like <laughs> I was like, all right, that's, that's a lot. <sighs> that is a lot.
1: Six people? But there's, I, don't, I mean, there's
0: I don't half know. a million people in Spokane County when you factor in all the other little outlying areas. And yeah, all the Valley, 50 Valley 50 Liberty way. I'm talking when you go Sandpoint and Kellogg. Oh, you're and talking and the region. Yeah. Walla mm-hmm. Walla. Like, you're probably closer to a million, right? When you factor in Pullman and everything. Oh. And you get on a flight. Yeah, you you think you might run into somebody, but you're in California. Well, if you're going to do Walla, the Walla Walla, you're going to do
1: the Tri-Cities. You're well, I mean, you're... Yeah. Definitely.
0: But that's... I mean, I think it's testament that we've all had that, that we're doing something right in our mm-hmm. careers, because you're like me. You want to know everybody, what yeah. they do, mm. who they work for, how do you get to meet them, and then the It gets a little creepy there. after
1: a while. I found out the other yeah. week, when we were in Walla doing some wine tasting, I found out that... Uh, like oh you know, uh, the people we had just stayed with went home because they had two kids needed to go take a nap. So we went wine tasting in the West End, which is and there was another family there who had their kids and they're like oh great we're not the only crazies that bring their kid wine tasting. <laughs> we're chatting and it's like oh you know our friends that live here it's like how creepy and i'm like oh what do you do who are you married wow Hey, when did you have your first kid it's like you want another entire life story I'm like i'm not creepy i guess maybe i should stop i will say
2: have you guys ever had your significant other like complain about it though because i know Haley. like we've tried oh. to have a date night and oh. it turns into like you're like the mayor or something mm-hmm. she's like we can't go out without you shaking like 10 hands it, and i always tell her and i've told her to call me out on this i'm like if there's ever a day where that doesn't happen it probably means i'm not doing my job
1: yeah yeah i'm like
2: trust me you'd much prefer that lauren I will
1: ask me she's like are you scanning the room because <laughs> when we walk into a restaurant i always scan the room oh, first sure. you, yeah. to see where so when you're walking to your table you know if you need to say hello to somebody yeah. or not first and then ask for a table in one of the corners. <laughs> the restaurant that's just from watching too
2: many spy movies you can't ever have your back back to an exit I back into
1: parking lots back into parking
2: spots quicker (laughs) exit
1: it's all strategic
0: so imagine this imagine that but then couple two more things the fact that you work in the restaurant industry with a lot of bars and restaurants as, as your customers you've coached thousands of kids in the area so you know their parents you know their brothers you know their sisters I've I've had it where girls I've dated in the past get really upset with it. Like, can we just... Spend, sure, let's go to Seattle. Let's go... We have to get out of town. Yeah. Or, you know, we can stay at home. But if if you have an issue with this, this isn't going to work. Yeah. I know that more recently, some people that I've hung out with have said to Ben, should I be concerned that he's not introducing me? And it's not that I'm not introducing you. It's just that, I mean, I think that particular night there was probably... 50 people there that I'm going from one to the next to the next. And it's like, it gets old saying, Hey, this is me and doing that. I've had that happen. Haley,
2: Haley, my fiance was like, it's like, Oh, you didn't introduce me to those people. And I was, and it it sounds slightly uh, conceited, but like, you're almost like, Oh, I just thought you knew them. And it's kind of like, you Mm -hmm. get so caught up in all your relationships. Like, Oh, I kind of forget that you don't know all these people and, <laughs> and you got to, like you said, you got to do the introduction. It's a good thing to, know 20 times to learn, hour.
1: right? And learn that about yourself and realize yeah. it too. So she yeah. feels included.
0: But I think, and this ties in with what we've been talking about recently in our accountability updates. It's known when you're at fault, known what you're doing and how you're doing it and mm-hmm. how you're treating someone. Sometimes you're oblivious to it until yep. they, yeah. they check you, right? To get called out. Like, I'm going to be more cognizant of either, you know, kind of putting a barrier up and... Being with you so that other people can enter a space, or we're going to make a point of introducing you and including you in everything. And My it's, wife it's called tough. me out.
1: I told you she called me out on on bugging him about his relationships, especially like, on you know, here. Especially on here. <laughs> was and I was like, what the? But then she's like, she's like, it's fine if you're bugging Stephen. That's one thing. But you're you're making him say things about somebody else's life that he's into sure. I was like oh she uh, yeah I didn't think about that part like I don't care about bugging Steven and prodding yeah. Steven a little bit mm-hmm. but it's like when it's a lady you're hanging out with that's a different story and
0: I'm happy to share until such time as it's like oh, I can't talk about this because I'm not sure it's okay if I talk about yeah. it you know and you don't yeah. want you don't want to get in trouble or just, you don't want to hurt somebody just today I had to edit what we released today i got a message this morning kind of like hey you said this and this you asked me to put and it was a part that had been heavily edited
1: so you removed some of the context
0: well you had used a name that we probably shouldn't have used i think or when you were telling a story and i was like okay we're going to take this this out (laughs) because it's it cuts too close to the bone sure so then it sounded like i had just interrupted and went off so I, i don't know if you remember but i was like did you get a new watch oh yeah well the way it cut it was like you were talking about something really deep and then me just going oh did you get a new watch and it sounded kind of like I I just wasn't paying attention to you or acknowledging you but there was Um, a whole did somebody call you (laughs) out on that alright anyway Ben yeah so there was like and I'm I'm working on this and it was like a whole 30 seconds that had to be cut but I couldn't cut it to the point that it didn't sound like just me changing direction completely (laughs) and when I did it I meant to hey if you listen and i didn't and
1: so and whole- <laughs> somebody sent you a message saying like you yeah. didn't uh- the whole
2: changing directions thing uh when i did my mba there was this really uncomfortable practice where you had to stand like face to face with someone and they had to tell you a story and you had to 100 percent intentively listen to them without thinking about what you were going to say and you know being in rapid fire businesses like we all are you want to be prepared like mm-hmm. you want to have your neck your next comment or statement ready and i just remember thinking like like, they'd say something, I'm like, oh, yeah, we can talk about this. And then I had to, re- like, I'm like, okay, listen to what they're saying. And I still struggle with it. Like, you're talking about, mm-hmm. like, it's it may sound like you just changed directions. Um, but I do struggle with that just in meetings, especially. Like, you get so excited. You hear, like, a key word that triggers, like, all yeah. right, they said this. And, oh, you yeah. know, it's kind of that whole what's their pain and I've got the medicine kind of sales approach. And you go so quickly into the solution where you miss maybe something else they say. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I I – try to be better at and i probably should you know talking about relationships that's definitely like listening attentively uh to my significant other but it's just one of those uh one of those hills you continue to climb
0: and i don't think i struggle with it in the business world i think i struggle with it in interpersonal relationships i think and i've been single quote unquote for better part of 10 years i've been in and out of some things here yep. and there but when you're around guys i think it's very different you're always trying to you'll start telling a story and I'll jump in and then you'll take over again. And, you know, it's got kind of boisterous. And, yeah. And then that's not the way it can be and in interpersonal relationships with a significant other. Like you said, you, you really have to, okay, this obviously means a lot. I have to not necessarily hold eye contact because there's just more to it. There's, that's friendships there's too, though. In, there's staying involved after you've been told something and sort of trying to follow up on Mm -hmm. it I guess that's the part that I've been negligent in and that I need to be really really aware of because I don't I said this to Ben when we talked about this and we're getting deep again but I don't ever want the people that I love and care about to feel like I'm not interested not intently listening and not Hearing them. I always hear. I I think always acknowledge that I hear.
1: As males too, we always want to try to fix things. Mm -hmm. Right? So it's like like, oh problem solution, problem solution, problem solution. It's like would you let me get to what the actual solution is? Because with with I know my, my wife has told me, she's like, I don't need you to solve the problem right now. I just need you to shut up and listen, basically. Yep. not that, My word's not hers. There's a video about this I can it's share like, it with you. It's like, you just need to be quiet for a little bit. Let them get it out. And then maybe they will. you can actually get to the root of what is actually the issue. Yep. Have you seen the video? Because that's rarely what they're saying that is the root of the and issue. And
0: the girl has a nail in the middle of her forehead. And she's telling the guy, like, it just hurts so much. And he's like, well, and he's trying to tell you, you've got a nail in the middle of your forehead. And then this goes on for, like, I'll show you the video after. It goes on for, like, a minute, and then she just turns around, and she's like, the nail is not the problem. Will you just listen? And the guy just doesn't, he can't fathom it. But
2: it made me think of that. Wait, it like a nail on the forehead
1: would would hurt. Uh, Mm -hmm.
2: Maybe it was holding it together.
0: Yeah, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure what it's holding. So let's talk about what's next for you, Tim. So you're you're part of Emerging Leader Society. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you're going to continue with?
2: Yeah. So, uh, you know, with this job, I've been fortunate that it's really flexible and kind of encouraged that you, you know, do a lot of things. So still on the board for Emerging Leader Society. Um, I'm on the board for Junior Achievement of Eastern Washington, which does really great work, educating kids, Mm -hmm. um, about financial education, goal, um, and career setting goals. Uh, I teach at both Whitworth and Gonzaga, sports marketing and kind of just sales. Uh, You know, when I met with Um, both schools, you kind of, you talk about undergrad school, like when did you ever learn anything about sales? And so I was like, no, you need to take this geology class. You need to do this. And they kind of let us come up with a class that teaches them about sports marketing, but also teaches them about the relationship development stuff. Uh, So doing that, I think, you know, for me, I'm fortunate enough that I got into this industry at home. A lot of guys get into our company and you got to move to so-and-so southern state community college in the (laughs) middle of nowhere and then you work really hard to hopefully come back home you know find a job at the school you want to be nearby and um, i'm a washington state grad but uh you know being at eastern washington it's a great product i mean we're perennial football power our basketball teams picked to win the league this year it's a great university that's um really innovative lately you know they got the project with a vista and the catalyst building so i think for me man it's just it's continuing to grow uh, I think I'm, I'm scaling back a little bit of my participation in some stuff just because I've done too much. And that mm-hmm. was when I was single. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Yeah, pour yourself into it. You like do everything you can to be the best you." Now that I've got a significant other, and I'm just trying, you know, trying to take better care of myself because I think there was a point where I was so focused on professional Tim that I kind of forgot about. That's like a personal of passage Tim. in sales. It's yeah. like
1: hitting that point where I started to learn to say no to I think you've probably done that at some point too. Where it's yeah. you're just so into your career and trying to I think to build you, you,
2: you get to a point too where you don't have to stretch yourself as far I that think too. when you're younger yeah. you're like I got to do everything to cover my bases now that you know what your bases are you can be like okay I really love this I really care about this um you know and you kind of start to pour yourself more specifically mm-hmm. into specific buckets so yeah for me man it's just continuing to work hard you know our company's growing like crazy um uh, I don't know I love Spokane you know yeah. people are always like oh you want to go to uh, you know Alabama or some major institution that we represent and <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not enamored with the flag. You know, a lot of people just want to sell Texas. They want to sell Alabama, and mm-hmm. that's cool. But you know, that comes with some really specific lifestyle. Um, you got to move to those places. You now also have to basically go to every sporting event, whereas you know we don't really have any major sporting events in the spring. So I get to take a breath in the spring and teach and get into golf. So to me, the flexibility I have right now is really ideal because if I go anywhere else, it, it changes mm-hmm. and that impacts everything. I mean, your so your wife is here, her yeah. family, and both stuff. got family here. Um,
0: and do you want to start over with a new network in a mm, new place? Yeah.
2: I mean, that's the thing is, uh, I've taught people have asked, uh, I've had different job opportunities come up, and like, what do you want to do? Like, and I've never, you know, my my fiance, she's a. Worked for an ad agency, so she's a really talented in advertising and marketing. And then she's in real estate now. She's got very tangible skill sets, whereas mine.
1: I was gonna ask where she's at now. Yeah, yeah. She's, yeah, she's,
2: okay. she's a please realty. I don't, you know, if oh, they cool. owe you guys some sponsorship money. Just let me know. But yeah, there you go. I'll chase them down. Yeah,
0: tell Kimneerate as a check. <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, please realty. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Not printing.
0: Oh, aren't they the same?
2: Related. Okay. Yeah. Same
1: family, but not the same gal. Yeah. Like, yeah.
2: So, yeah, I think for me... But we could go for them, too. I mean, we <laughs> not <gonna pull up. laughs> yeah. All right. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think for me, it's like... I think I could take my ability to build relationships into any industry. That's kind of always been my forethought. So if I ever get burnt out on sports, I've talked about it. I'm like, there'll be a day that I just want to be a fan again. Mm-hmm. Like, or I want to wake up yeah. on a Saturday and, like, not be in a rush to get to campus. And, like, I'm, I'm on any given game day, I'm out there about 7.30 and we're done at, like, 6.00. And during football season you're working about six days a week. So you got long weeks. Then, yeah, long you make days, up for it in the summer. You know, you take a Friday off, you take some extended weekends, and it's uh we're we have a great policy and kind of like just know where you're at. Yeah. Like, all right, mm-hmm. should you be going on vacation now? Like are your sales numbers where they need to be at? And I've always been, been a big believer in that. I'm like, I want to go on vacation feeling good, not worrying about coming home. Yes. Yeah. And uh so yeah, I mean it's nice to
1: get a sale right before vacation. Oh yeah.
2: Or just set a benchmark, like just write a number down yeah. and be like, Okay, hey, when I we went to Europe last year and I was like when we go to Europe, I'm turning everything off, including my brain. Like, I just don't want to think about this stuff. And I, I had a number in mind, and I hit that number, like, the day before we left. Oh. Because even in my mind, I was like, this number has to be in our CRM. It can't be a verbal. It can't be someone mm-hmm. like, okay, we'll send the contract to your back. I'm like, no, we got to have this on the books. Because I don't want to come back and be thinking, like, oh, are they going to sign it? And is the contract lost? Or you
1: worrying know. about it when you're gone or something. Yeah. yeah. So
0: That you know. trip looked awesome, by the way. You did Barcelona. and
2: Yeah, we did Barcelona. And games. Yep. And- I told uh, Haley, this is why she's great. I told her, I was like, I want one day. I was like, give me a day at Camp Nou. Give me the Barcelona match. (laughs) And it was their last match of the season, and Andres Iniesta was retiring. So it was like a Mm -hmm. huge, huge experience. I told her, I was like, give me that day, and the entire rest of the trip is yours. Like, I'll do whatever you want to do the rest of the trip if you give me the one day. And thankfully, she was was really excited about it too, and we had some really um, awesome experiences. But yeah, we did the Spanish Coast, we did Paris, and so... Yeah, I really, she basically challenges me to get us back there as soon as possible. So I like it. I like it.
0: <laughs> I like your appreciation of soccer. We talk about it a lot. Yeah. Obviously, Chad's doing great work out yep. here at Eastern, where you are just now. and I just like that you're not one of those football guys that looks down on it. You actually appreciate the athleticism and, and how great a sport it is. Oh, globally. man.
2: Once you get into it, too, you can appreciate it so much more. Once you understand strategies mm-hmm. and just different, I mean, with the way Barcelona plays compared to, uh, you know, a man you or someone like that i mean just strategically how differently they operate and how they especially because they're i mean you know this but it's a club system yeah so that's taught from when you're a toddler to an adult The bottom um one of the guys that scored for the sounders on sunday was raised in um uh, la masia which is like the Mm -hmm. the kids program for barcelona and they talked about how he scored a goal and they're like he was raised in the barcelona system so he plays between the lines and like that's why he can create space the way he can because he doesn't play the way other guys play so once Mm. you get into that stuff it becomes so much more than people thinking oh one nil wow how exhilarating like well <laughs> when you understand how many opportunities there were in that mm. it's totally different so. and, and
0: a lot of people don't like soccer because there's not enough goals and it's like look not enough goals you, you can you can watch what? a no hitter in baseball and appreciate that right yeah. and it's the same thing it's like there's there's little nuances that once you understand the sport you actually understand yeah. what's going on and what happened and how is a no nil game a zero zero game can be amazing to watch as a fan as a neutral yep. fan or even as a fan of one of the teams and what what Seattle Sounders have done is they've built a fan base and it's amazing to see yeah I still struggle to watch it it's terrible to say but you've been to Europe you've mm-hmm. seen it it's just not the same product it's, it's, not the same game. it's
2: I it's in still, ad it's in admiration of what the yeah. big leagues are still
0: we're still a generation away in the US from having
2: Although Pulisic finally figured it out while well, they're finally putting him on the field. Yeah. He's got five he goals in like three raised in Germany, so he's another that's one that's
0: there's just a different way of playing the game. Hmm. It's there's a there's a patience and a an understanding of space. You said playing between the lines, a spatial awareness. That stuff just isn't here yet tactically. You're still a generation behind yeah. in the US. Interesting.
2: U.S. soccer is still very much so blunt force trauma.
0: I could still go back to the soccer world and make a lot of money. It just frustrates the crap out of me. I don't have the
1: patience for it anymore.
2: We added it to our list of things we're going to get better at. (laughs) Yeah, we added it. Uh, Steven, that's not true. See, Uh, he's
1: impatient about being impatient. Always ready to go. Jeez, it's too much fun. Sometimes (laughs) I got to poke the bear. I can take it. I know. You poke me enough, too. (laughs) (laughs) Don't make that. Well, you, you had to look at me in a weird way I, right after I said make that, that too. Dude, I, uh, so see see. Making
0: a poke. Um, is there a dream job in this area? Or are Ooh. you
2: having come out of school with zero direction and like you know I mentioned like all my buddies that had like these cool internships. It sounded like you know on paper they were like what yeah. you should be doing. Um, I've never really had a dream job because even when I got out of school, I didn't know what my direction mm-hmm. was. Like I knew what sports marketing was, but I never thought I'd be in it. I've, mm. got, I've got buddies with sport admin degrees that sell insurance and stuff like that. I mean, they, mm. so I, I think for me, I measure myself by my relationships. So if I can continue to build meaningful relationships and build impact, whether that's, you know, in the service I do in the community and, you know, the teaching at schools or you know, ultimately in my job. I think that's just kind of following wherever that direction takes me. I mean, natural fits that always stand out are like, okay, relationship management, you end up in banking or fundraising or something like that. And I don't, I don't mind those. I Mm -hmm. think there's some really great leadership at banks that I know. I mean, we all know a lot of great leaders in banking here. So I think, yeah, just writing it out and seeing where I feel the most, where I can deliver the most value. Cause I think even I could go sell phone books and if it was meaningful to me, I'd be happy. Yeah, that's
1: cool. I like that. That is great. Talk about, I want to know a little more about the teaching. So you're teaching at GU and Whitworth now. You said sports yeah. marketing. How'd you fall into that? Like did someone like say, hey Tim, you'd be a great teacher. Come teach with us. <laughs> well,
2: growing up, I always had people like, oh, you'd be a great teacher and I, I just, like I said, I just got through school. I got yeah. the I got the piece of paper, and I was like, okay, cool, I got it. Uh, but then I, w- I kind of went on my revenge tour, and I was like, all right, I'm going to do my, MBA. my revenge
1: tour. Yeah, because I was like, I was
2: such a bad student, and, you know, you go into interviews when you're young, and, like, people are like, oh, what was your degree? And I'm like, I was a general studies and Spanish degree. So you I went right? back to general studies and Spanish. Si habla espanol.
1: Si habla espanol. Un poco, I- un poco.
2: <laughs> exactly. So I went back to school movie. at Whitworth and did my MBA and I, I crushed it, had a great GPA. So then um, Whitworth, through their accreditation program, they were down some marketing classes. And once you have your master's, you can go back and teach as an adjunct. And I'd stayed close uh. to the program. And they were like, well, you work in a really unique industry. Obviously, it'd be a great draw for students. I mean, you put sports on anything. And for the most part, a large percent of yeah. students are gonna be like, oh, OK. They also probably lucked at it like, oh, easy A. Um, so Whitworth invited me back to teach, and uh, I was terrified. They, really? they, uh, I was like, "All right, I'll do it." I signed my contract and all that, and I was like, "All right." So you guys got a syllabus? Like, what are we doing? And like, they like, "They sent me a blank syllabus." Like, "Hey, here you go." And I was like, oh, "Are we? What book are we working <laughs> off of?" And, then, and it was great because I live for practicum-based education. If yeah. you make me read and regurgitate, I'm the worst student ever. Mm-hmm. But if you tell me a real story about how something happened, yes. I'm all in. So that's they let me build it. Oh, cool. So we talk about um, you know different trends and innovations in my industry, as far as advertising, things like that. We talk about what professional teams are doing, challenges <laughs> in the marketplace, um, but kind of linear to it. We also do sales. So I bring in my actual clients, and these students meet with them, and they have a you know, fact find, you know, a meeting where they sit down and say. What are you doing as an advertiser? What do you want to be doing? How do you measure your success? And they take that meeting and that feedback, and then they build a sponsorship pitch so that they get real experience. And their final is they make that pitch.
1: And then Tim takes it and uses it
2: with those exact
1: clients. I've had, yeah. I honestly,
2: I've had ideas come out of it where I was like, this is legit. Well, I like, said, that'd this be is... really
1: interesting to hear from your current clients too. What well, I you have them give f- feedback.
2: Them. So yeah. they, they pitch it to the class, not to the clients. Because uh, getting all my clients to the classroom on one night all at the same time it's just like a nightmare i think every year i've always had one client bail so then all of a sudden i you know i've told a a team of students like all right you're interviewing abc company and then we get to that night i'm like just kidding you're you're not interviewing them you're interviewing another company so um but i send the pitch to our clients and they always like oh wow this is really cool and they love hearing like oh wow you know i said this and this is how they interpreted that so it actually kind of helps them think of like how they say what they say and how it can impact someone so um and it's a great recruiting tool for employees because i have like game day staff and an in like kind of a part-time assistant so it's great great. because like my last three students i've just hired out of my classes and they're rock stars and i always measure myself i'm like you know you guys have probably seen people that hire someone and they never want them to move on Mm -hmm. like i want you to be successful with me yeah and i've always told every single person that's worked with me i'm like i want you to be so good i can't afford you Like if I'm doing the right things and if I'm leading you in the right way, I want you to come to me someday and tell me you got a job offer that I can't even fathom offering you. And I want to wish you well. Cause I'm like, if you're not getting better and you're not growing, that's a measurement of me too, not just of you. Yeah. So I've been fortunate enough that every one of the the kids, students that works has worked for me has come back like after a year, year and a half and be like, oh, i got this huge job the girl that worked for me last year played soccer at whitworth and she was like super apologetic she's like oh my gosh like i really want to stick with it but i got this job offer making like this amount of money and i was like yeah you need to go (laughs) like you need to take that job and go because you're not going to make that for a while here and you're really talented in whatever direction you go Mm -hmm. so you need to go take that opportunity while you
0: get it you've managed to loop it all in together so basically it's like a constant cycle is yeah. so yeah. probably one of the reasons you want to
2: yeah, well, it, it balances too I mean mm-hmm. it's uh, like I said the flexibility that I have permits it uh, you know there's other jobs that I could take in Spokane probably that well, wouldn't allow that that you banking know? type thing yeah. I mean, that's yeah, not, shady but you get the today off right <laughs> <laughs> one of the you're saying
1: some of the leadership in banking I'm like I know some of the same people that you know that I bet you I know who you're referencing
0: yeah. I've always thought it would be really really cool for the schools as part of their MBA or even undergraduate Teach students how to network and mm-hmm. not just Why show don't up they? And try and meet people. It's just, it's crazy to me. Networking needs to be organic, networking oh, yeah. needs to be something they offer it
2: they're as they're a resource, at. but it's like something they have to seek. And I, I agree, I think it's something that needs to be brought to the classroom. Like, you need to understand the implications and the importance of what this means to your career. Because mm-hmm. that's one thing I tell these kids in this class. I mean, it's a marketing prereq, so like anyone can get into it. So, I've had like philosophy students. So, like, I had a girl one time was like, So why should people care about sports? And I was like, it's a great question to ask in sports marketing class. So I, like, I, I wanted, my goal was to like, convince her why people should care. And by the end of the class, she's like, I'm not a sports fan, but I understand why people buy, you know, buy these things. And um, I tell them, I'm like, half of you will never be in a sales job, but you will always sell throughout your life mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you're always selling yourself, you're selling a position, you're selling an opinion. So understanding how those relationships work and how they can be impacted, is as important as anything else you're gonna learn. And I think that's like networking. They have to understand the importance of it. So if
1: you can understand sales in like a basic P&L statement. (laughs) You You are now a small business owner. Yeah, you (laughs) are sought after, you are the talent. The key word is always relationships
0: though, right? Mm -hmm. Networking shouldn't be called networking, it should be called relationship. relationship You know, go out and meet people and be authentic. I was
1: just at Whitworth uh, in a panel for their business club. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what it's called there. But and they were talking about like how do you network? And like what are some of the groups to go network in? And I mentioned Spokane professionals just out. it's like they don't maybe they do and I just don't know, but it's like do they put on networking opportunities for kids at schools with outside individuals to come in like
2: Yeah, they have like the I mean they have the mock interviews stuff like that. They have different mingles with different clubs, they but do. Like, Nothing organic the way we've all experienced. Like, and- SYP, like, those are those are naturally organic experiences. Yeah. Like, I always think of, like, both of our events. You guys have probably seen this, but, like, there's the people that just come to build relationships and do it organically, and mm-hmm. then there's, like, the, the guy that comes in with, like, 50 business cards, and he's like, hey, you want some of this? And you're like... What was your name again?
0: And you get an email the next day, like, "Hey, Seriously? it was great talking to you."
2: Or they like, connect yeah. on LinkedIn. Send hi and bye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, I know you gave me your card, but that wasn't necessarily like consent to like pursue me as a client. So I, mean, I do
1: not need your carpet cleaning services at this <laughs> moment. Just <laughs> let me.
0: if I have more than two business cards in my pocket at any given time, that's a big deal. Now I'm a little different. Like you probably need to give yours to some people, <clears> and you too. But I don't carry business cards very often. I just I'm like, I'll oh, shake your hand, walk away, give you a call tomorrow. I'll yeah. find a way to reach out to yeah. you if, if, if we're going
2: to. The advent yeah. of technology keeps us pretty close. So, mm-hmm.
1: Well, to that point, it's like LinkedIn, Facebook. How we talked about one degree of separation. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, Tim, met this gentleman yesterday at one of your events. How would I get in touch with him? And I'm sure you could tell me how to get in touch with
2: him. I had one today. I had a buddy of mine that's opening a business uh, that's already an operating business, but they're opening a storefront downtown. And
1: you know, Steven's going to bring this up later, but I'm sure. Like I, said, I need to get that guy's info. Yeah.
2: Uh, but they were, <laughs> but they they loved some artwork done at Baracho. You guys know Jeremy, yeah. So mm-hmm. the guy's like, "Hey, you know Jeremy, right?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he's like, "I love the murals they have. I want to find out who did that to see if we Hefferson. can do some." Yeah. So <laughs> same, one degree of separation. Yeah. So they were like, "Can you connect me?" And I was like, "Yeah." And it, like literally within a matter of five minutes, I think this guy Hefferson. Uh, I think the name I was just sent just said half so I just like forwarded along, and then like a matter of f- five minutes later,
1: they were talking the about getting this job set
2: up. So I was like, yeah, I mean, and it, and it's also when you know that you're doing the right things is when you feel okay making that request as quick as you do, and and doing it through text too. I mean, we're much more of a. Our interpersonal relationships in my mind happen on text message nowadays, which yep. I'm totally fine with. Yeah. But older generations, you know, it's got to be a phone call, it's in meeting or in person to, helps, to help one business solve the solution and give some love to another business that did a great job. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Kind of helps make Spokane keep moving. So well, totally spot- be, be the connector.
0: 10, 10 years ago, be the guy that knows a guy. Yeah. Right? Yep. 10 years ago, if you tried to conduct business by, Text message. People <laughs> thought you were unprofessional. Now it's expected. Yeah, my yeah. BlackBerry didn't move
2: that fast. So yeah, your I did too. I
1: still have mine somewhere. I think. Yeah, I mean, well, let's be ones. honest.
2: We would all go back to like the Nokia brick, though, because oh. we know it would last five years rather than like my phone that I have to like replace every with thirteen outs, months.
1: Internet and all that. Too, oh, without yeah. email, I've been looking at the new one to be honest. The new iPhone. steven has got a problem though. See, so I'm with you. I would go back to the Nokia. And I wish, but the problem is. Everyone else still has the smartphone. Yeah. They
2: Everyone depend on you expect. having a smartphone, yes. not you depending on having a smartphone. Yes. Yeah, exactly.
0: And to your point, you talk about the uh, the digital age and how to market and how to be there. You have to be there. You yeah. do. Especially in sales. To,
2: well, we always we always tell clients, you know, when we talk about who our competition actually is, it's not the teams around us. It's not, you know, Eastern versus Gonzaga versus mm-hmm. Um, It's Facebook and Google. And what we tell them is, you know, when you do a generic Google search, if you were, you know, for you, if you're looking for payment services, but they just typed it in generically, the, the person that's going to come up to the top is the person that pays the most to be at the top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if we do our jobs appropriately and we tell them like, hey, Heartland's doing these things, Heartland's doing this, Stephen Brown, and they Google that rather than a generic one what we have done is help position a company in a better position than just a general Google search. Mm-hmm. So that's when we talk about technology and understanding how to leverage it for a business and how to position yourself. It matters because it's, it's a pay to, it's a pay to play playground. And if you're mm-hmm. not telling your story, someone else will tell it for you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. Spoken like a true marketing guy. <laughs> <Look at that. laughs> yeah. It's like he so, teaches
1: classes why they, That's or why something. they pay me the medium average bucks. So. Yeah. The medium average. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Last question from me. And I don't know if Ben has anything else i asked this to Mike growth as well legacy what do you want your legacy to be
2: you know being from spokane um i think for me i would like to know that my name or my impact is several generations down the line and not just in my family i'd like to know that i created some sort of impact in people's lives whether that's as a business leader um as a as a community servant in different ways i just want to know that i've done something to make my community better because Um, You know, it's Veterans Day, the day we're recording, and my grandpa's 94 years old, served in World War II, and I still run into people that are like, oh, I worked for your grandpa or I knew your grandpa, and he was in Mm. Spokane, Seattle. Um, So to know that I could have that kind of impact, but on as wide of a net as possible is really um, how I would like to have a legacy. Mm -hmm. And I think it's not more specific because similar to the question about where do I want to go as far as career goes. I think my my legacy is so general because I really don't know in what specific way it's going to do that, but I know kind of the impact I would like to have, so.
1: Yeah, hmm. that's cool. I don't have any more questions.
2: Okay. Easy.
0: I don't.
1: We'll
2: let you off. I of like that cuz that was supposed to
1: be a pretty good way to pretty good way to end it.
2: Yeah. You guys have to, have to have like a catchphrase at the end, right? Right? We do. We do. I was and like, you guys do have like a sign off. I think I remember that. Yeah, yeah, we do. It happened by accident,
1: it- but
0: I say it every time and then he goes boom. <laughs> <laughs> boom goes the dynamite. Boom goes the dynamite. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks for being here. Yeah, I okay, appreciate a kind of blast, guys. Um, yeah, I guess
1: I, I do have uh, one question. Oh, go. We have three icebreaker questions that we haven't asked on our last few episodes intentionally. I was thinking I think, about this at the start. And I, I heard your
2: guys is with Brooke. Yeah. yeah. Which was, They're if, all if your life if your life was a movie, like who, what type of movie would it be and who would play <laughs> you? He or something knows better than I do
1: he does <laughs>
2: I just listened to it this week okay, I was, was trying it? to study you up you were
1: trying to g- get answers to those weren't you
2: I honestly was I was studying up to be You're like right. be prepared okay, what's so what, would play
1: him, what would it be about
2: well you know I'm a Jerry big I'm a, <laughs> I'm a big I'm a big romantic <laughs> comedy guy yeah, I could see so Ted flying
1: across the floor it would say, be yeah.
2: so it has to be a specific movie not what type of movie no well,
1: what like, is the plot line of your life what's about what the movie, movie would play you
2: it's it's definitely a romantic comedy it's like that that big goofy guy like i always think of like jason siegel it's like the the secretly charming dude that has no reason to find the girl that he does but he figures it out and (laughs) he's like quietly successful even though like he didn't earn it in any way just kind of like stepped into it and got lucky yeah um but i think yeah jason siegel would probably be it because he's that tall goofy dude that's just you know charming in a weird way so there
0: you go i love a rom-com that's awesome all right when you were a little boy what did you want to be
2: I wanted to be a basketball player, yeah. but I, uh, I, definitely could, I definitely could, I definitely couldn't jump high. Um, no matter how many times I wore my Jordan jersey and stuff like that, I could not. Uh, I'm, I'm very, I'm very earthbound. Uh, definitely challenged vertically. So, yeah, I wanted to do that. Yeah, I mean that's probably why I went to college and got out of college, and I probably still thought I was a basketball player, and then realized I had to get a real job. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm still holding out for hope, but (laughs) I don't think my vertical's gotten any better in 31 years. So,
0: (laughs) this one kind of ties in with legacy, but one thing you want to achieve before you're not here.
2: Oh man, that's That's a good one. That's a good one that I hadn't heard. I thought I'd studied up enough. (laughs) No,
0: that's the third one, right?
2: Kind of. Yeah, it's one
1: thing that's basically on your bucket list. Oh, bucket list. Okay. one Um, One thing you want to do.
2: You know, I mean, I love to travel, so I mean, saying to go to a specific place, but I don't have, like, one benchmark place.
0: World Cup final.
2: Yeah. Although World Cup Finals seem to be keep going to places that, like, you really don't feel super... I want to be in the U.S. 2024? Yeah, that's it. Um, You know, my... I love, like, family legacy, and I love understanding where you came from. Uh, My grandpa migrated from Russia with his family. He was raised in in San Francisco, one of 11 kids. So Hmm. I'd love to go back to Russia Mm -hmm. and just see where he's from. We have distant, distant relatives that produce um, luxury vodka. It's Shustav Vodka. And we used to import it when you could. Now you can't. I don't know. For whatever reason, you just can't. So we have some of it that we drink as a family every year on the holidays. Vodka. Yeah. Yeah yeah and Vlad's so he's drinking it all over it's a uh, so yeah I'd, I'd love to go back to there because i think you know storytelling is such a key way you know that's how family legacies were originally so, yeah. you didn't have any measure you didn't have physical things you just had the stories of your family so to understand his stories for me would be really cool and then to be, still around yes yeah i turned 94 last monday still took long. him to dinner had his two martinis and Sweet, inhaled totally. a giant prime rib steak and yeah i mean good he's, a, he's a beast man he still goes to the gym like a couple of days a week yeah, so seriously. it's pretty and we talked about why i stay in spokane and why i do what i do it's because like i look at him and i'm like if i could be half the man that he is like you're living good so yeah, no kidding. yeah i'm Percent, lucky 94. very fortunate
1: he's got his family around too to take him out for yep. his birthday that's pretty cool
0: there but, you go well we made it through without Weston waking up he's just we did he's
1: still sleeping thank god I'm looking at the monitor here still yeah. sleeping sounds there loud. we go yeah. if you're
0: still listening to this we'd love you to rate us and review us on the iTunes yes, whether it's know. five stars or one star we just want as many reviews as possible if you've not checked us out on the social media check that out and until the next time be good to yourselves and to each other
1: boom
3: this show just climbing this rope right here here. Uh And if there's a man upstairs, he can